you have arrived. Welcome to the Daily Boogie. Hello, hello. It's all happening. <laughs> it's all happening here. Last minute resets, things crashing, everything going terribly. Can't load videos. What a perfect way to start the show. Perfect way to start the day. Well, I'm pumped. I already watched this scope tomorrow. It's awesome. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us. An absolute pleasure to be with you. Ladies and gentlemen, Thursday. In place of the free-for-all, let me turn that annoying music down. Like I said, it's all happening on this end down here. Just when we went live before, I lost all audio for no reason. <laughs> had to quickly reset the computer, reload all of the links that I had. And uh, I had a video. I can't get that to load for some reason. So, I don't know. <laughs> We're having fun nonetheless. Cheer up, cheerio. Let me just take a sip. Mm. Thanks for joining us on Periscope, YouTube, and Twitch. Hope you had a lovely day. I certainly have. It's an absolute pleasure to be with you once again. By the way, if you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you'd like to get, that's a great name in the chat. If you'd like to get crack a lacking. <laughs> <laughs> then you can do so by following me on Twitter at Boogie Bumper. Yes, all coincidences, Franklin. All coincidences. Lots and lots and lots of just little coincidences lining up one after another. So like I said uh, on Twitter earlier today, we've been doing some serious shit over the last couple of weeks. So I wanted to have a little bit more fun. So I do have some fun stuff lined up for you. Unfortunately, I had a video of police officers smashing a four-year, a seven-year-old girl's birthday cake when they raided some kid's house accidentally, <laughs> and all the kids are crying and stuff. <laughs> and I can't get it to load for some reason. But we'll get to. Um, I'll try it a bit later on. Maybe it, maybe it'll just secretly work for no reason. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. No, it's not working. Doesn't want to work. Doesn't want to work for me. I'll tweet the story out. Who knows? Maybe someone else can watch it later. I know. We're on fire. The typically high production quality that everybody expects. I know. <laughs> Apologies. <laughs> Will it work over there? No. Okay. It's not working. All right. Forget about it. Forget about it. Forget about it. Like I said, I want to have a little bit of fun today. It's too much serious stuff going on. There's plenty of time for the serious stuff. So let's say we don't have much time. I've got to get rocking and rolling. I can't do a free-for-all today, so I'm going to try and keep it short. I'll do my absolute best. I'm going to have to spend about four hours in the car. I actually forgot to hit record on the audio recording software for the podcast. So like I said, we're having an absolute ball. Who gives a fuck? The world's going to end in 12 years anyway, and nobody will remember this show. So what's the difference, right? So, with that in mind, let's kick it off the way we like to with this. Now you face 
the Shredder. Let's shred some shit up, see if we can get rocking and rolling. Ladies and gentlemen, have we reached peak diversity? Uh, people who follow the show that I'm on with the flying Hawaiian James R, trust and verify on a Sunday night, will know that I raised this guy as a bit of a dark horse maybe a month ago, two months ago, something like that. Mayor Pete, Pete Buttergig. But it seems that he is about to become a casualty of <laughs> his own lack of diversity, believe it or not. Is Pete Buttergig just another white male candidate or does his gayness, gayness count as diversity? What a question. I've got to put my hand up. I've got to admit, I got it wrong. I got it wrong. Here I was at the end of the 2016 American presidential election thinking that the role that identity politics plays in future campaigns is going to be severely diminished simply because the election of Donald Trump showed a lot of people that, uh, you know, constantly pandering to ever intersecting identitarian values isn't necessarily going to be the way forward in future elections. But I was wrong. We've actually, we, we need to get more diverse. And here we have a, 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 a gay guy, a, a military veteran, a Rhodes Scholar. He's also an Episcopalian. <laughs> and he's, he's gay, but unfortunately for him, he's also a white guy. So we're going to have to strike him. Sorry, Pete. <laughs> Sorry, Pete. If only he was a Muslim. If only. It's so close. So close. Can we get, can we get a gay Muslim on the ticket? It's been two months since South Bend, Indiana, Mayor Pete Buttigieg announced the formation of his presidential exploratory committee and the national profile of these fledgling candidacy, candidacy has steadily risen. In the crowded Democratic field, the gay 37-year-old who entered the race with pretty much no name recognition claimed third place in a new Emerson poll of Iowa voters. Pardon me, just had to sneeze. Behind Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad for a no-name. Third in the poll in Iowa. Not bad at all. The poll puts Buttigieg in the same class as candidates who trailed him by only a few points, including Kamala Harris, Elizabeth Warren, Cory Booker, all of whom, unlike Buttigieg, have had federal office benefit from years of national press coverage. Buttigieg's surprisingly strong performance in this poll and a recent flurry of flattering pieces on his Episcopalian faith, political philosophy, and potential electability have combined to create a real sense of momentum for the man now known as Mayor Pete. But with momentum comes backlash, currently in the form of frustration that the well-qualified female and black candidates in the race are getting shoved aside for another white guy. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Oh, it's hard times. It's hard times on the identitarian left. Here you have a young up and coming 37 year old. He's hip. He's trendy. He's a, he's a veteran. He's a scholar. He's a local mayor. He understands local issues. He gets his hands dirty with the electorate. He knows what it takes to be a real American dag nabbit. <laughs> He's also gay, which is fabulous. Fabulous, darling. But unfortunately, I mean, look look how white he is. (laughs) 
I know, you, would, you wouldn't believe it if I told you. He's getting backlash because the other candidates, the female, the female candidates and the black candidates are getting shoved aside for another white guy. Sho- violently shoved to the side. Out of the way. I'm a gay white man. Fuck you, Kamala Harris. Unfortunately for Kamala, her charms that she has relied on allegedly in the past to accelerate her political career are not going to work for this guy. He, he is political dynamite to Kamala Harris and her climbing strategy. Her climbing strategy, including climbing on many people, at, well, at least one guy many times. When, for instance, economist Alwyn Cole tweeted on Sunday that Buttigieg seems head and shoulders smarter than the other candidates running, a characteristic response. This one from writer Jill Filipovich, Filipovich, was Warren, who taught at Harvard, was one of the most well-regarded law professors in the country and one of the most intelligent people to serve in the Senate, but we don't politically reward, let alone even identify, that kind of fierce intelligence in women. Gee, if I was if I was a booster for Kamala Harris, the last thing I'd want to mention right now is identity politics, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you think? Two fly for a white guy, says Kelly in the chat. I would have thought that the whole identity politics schema would have been bottom of the rung for Elizabeth Warren's boosters and surrogates in the press. I mean, if I was working for Elizabeth Warren, I would be sending a memo to Jill Filipovich post-haste saying, Ixnay on the identity, A. Can we just not mention identity? You know, it's, it's a, bit of a, bit of, a bit of a touchy issue here at, at the Warren homestead. For the chief, the chief, chief no likey talk about identities, okay? Chief no like, so scrap it. (laughs) Sorry. Big chief no like identity politics. Big chief say no. But Buttergeek faces his own structural disadvantages of the race. Buttergeek is the first gay candidate in history. Well, first openly gay candidate in history. Who, Who knows? Who knows with past candidates? Am I right? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Film journalist Mark Harris tweeted on Monday, So no, you don't get to use him of all candidates as the typical white guy the media always falls for. He doesn't deserve a free ride. But let me assure you, gay people in America aren't given free rides. I, I tend to disagree. Have any? Has this particular rider ever been to a Mardi Gras? Ever been to a Mardi Gras? Because from what I hear, uh, what from what I hear of the rumblings coming out of the gay community, I would suggest many white gay men get free rides on that particular weekend. These aren't just random tweets. The conversation is at the heart of a broader debate on the left about identity and representation. After Democrats failed to win what looked like an easy general election for the country's first major party female presidential nominee in 2016. Some progressives worried that Democratic voters would be too spooked or too sexist to nominate a woman again. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, the problem is after Hillary Clinton, well, everybody's just sexist now, you see? Just like like that. The Democrats just became sexist overnight, thanks to Hillary. We can put another achievement on the long list of Hillary Clinton achievements from Washington. She managed to turn the whole country sexist. Even Donald Trump can't claim that mantle. Well done, Hillary. She really broke the glass ceiling. 
Maybe Dems would be safer, some wondered, with a nice progressive white guy. But for many Liberals, a return to the old pattern of putting forward white men in the mould of the disproportionate majority of American politicians would be a capitulation to American voters' worst biases. In an era of rising white nationalism, escalating attacks on immigrants and reproductive justice... Isn't that that They've just slipped that in. We've gone from abortion rights to reproductive rights to now reproductive justice. Isn't that interesting? And a surge of women running for political office. A run-of-the-mill white candidate doesn't seem like the right face for the future of the Democratic Party. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, the very same people who tell you that uh, it's more than just about skin colour. It's not about skin colour. Stop focusing on skin colour. Well, we this guy can't be the face of the Democratic Party. He's too white. <laughs> it's unfortunate. He is gay, though. <laughs> so what? So what? Got to feel sorry for the gay Democrats out there. It seems your quote-unquote gayness isn't going to win you any popularity contests anymore. My boyish comrades. Unfortunately for you. Yeah, like I said, if only he was a Muslim. Uh, maybe if he slept with more gay men, he would be more electable to the Democrats. But it seems thy cup runneth is over for the gay veteran Rhodes Scholar Episcopalian Wonderboy. Thanks, Mayor Pete. It was short. Ladies and gentlemen, that was... Now you face the Shredder. Shred that shit up. Speaking of gay and minority and diversity, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the president, a.k.a. Adolf Hitler, he tweeted out earlier today... FBI and DOJ to review the outrageous, outrageous, sir. The outrageous Jussie Smollett case in Chicago. Chicago. It is an embarrassment to our nation. Mark Dice tweeted right after this is MAGA country, which I thought was very cute. Uh, There was a comment here, which I've lost now because I reset everything. Here we go. Wonderful. Who here has heard of Bishop Talbot Swan? Mr. S- Mr. Swan, it's a good, it's a good villain name, isn't it? They call him the Bishop. Who is this guy? They say his name is Talbert Swan. They call him the Bishop. So a good God-fearing man like the good Bishop Talbert Swan uh, decided to get in touch with his represented representative elected elected president and give him a little feedback on what he thought of the whole Jussie Smollett. Well, mainly what he thought of this tweet. That tweet again. FBI and DOJ to review at the outrageous Jussie Smollett case in Chicago. It is an embarrassment to our nation. So the good bishop, I wanted to hear a Christian point of view. A good Christian point of view. Quote, No, you, your administration, your children, and everything associated with you is an embarrassment to our nation. You lying, racist, gaslighting, putrid, orange, festering stain on humanity. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the kind of diversity that I can sink my teeth into. Are you taking notes, Mayor Pete? 
The FBI and DAGA never reviewed the criminal cover-up by Mayor Rahm Emanuel and the Chicago police in the Laquan McDonald murder, but they're reviewing a false police report charge against Jussie Smollett. This is racism and abuse of power. Plain and simple. The white, the trash white supremacist in chief and YPPO, YPPO, I, th- I think that is shorthand for white people. I could be wrong. Maybe I, I have stayed, I am, I put my hand up. I have said on record before that I'm, I'm not the world's best Christian. So maybe this particular reference, I, 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 you know, it might be in the Bible. It might be somewhere in the back. I never, I never get that far. So I'm not sure who the YPPO are, but apparently they're a problem. So it, it sounds to me like a kind of soap, like something you would put in your hair, a product. Oh my God, you look stunning. Yes, I'm using YPPO. YPPO. Good for hair and babies' assholes. So the YPPO across America have lost their effing minds. White ladies across the nation filing false police reports on black people and white supremacists are murdering black people and the FBI and DOJ are going to review the Jussie Smollett case, question mark. It's in the glossary. Ah, okay, yeah, sure. I, I knew it was in there somewhere. So there you go. <clears throat> a good a good Christian response from a good Christian man. Bishop Talbot Swan. You racist, gaslighting, putrid, orange, festering stain on humanity. Your children and everything associated with you is an embarrassment to our nation. Very godly behavior. Very good. Uh, who saw this? State Attorney Kim Fox, keeping on Jussie's Smollett. Uh, she had this to say in the aftermath. Was Jussie Smollett guilty? Jussie Smollett had not been found guilty by a court of law. Mm. We believe that the facts were sufficient to charge and try Mr. Smollett for the crimes. Do you consider him guilty? He had not had his, he chose this alternative prosecution what? method. The court has not found him guilty. I believe based on the facts and the evidence that was presented in the charging decision made by this office, this office believed that they could prove him guilty. Do you think that he's culpable of falsifying a police report? I think this office, based on those charging decisions, believe that he is culpable of doing that. If he is culpable... Um, if you think that you could have gone yeah. forward there and go. proven guilt, oh, pardon me. why not move forward Sorry. and prove guilt? There you go. Because we have, this is consistent with what we do in alternative prosecution. What the hell is an alternative prosecution? Do you remember the shit show that uh, the lovely Kellyanne Conway got, she received for uttering the phrase alternative facts? Do you remember that? Do you remember that? Maybe alternative facts are used in alternative prosecutions. Maybe the alternative facts of this case were there was actually, you know, an imaginary couple of guys wearing red hats, a couple of white people. And in this alternative fact universe, they alternatively attacked Jussie Smollett which then led to an alternative prosecution. Maybe is that how it works? I'm not sure. Alternative alter, alternative prosecution. Actually so maybe I'll just bring this one up on the fly. 
Let me find a video for you here. I just had this up before, so it shouldn't be too hard to find. Although, the world is ending on this end of the screen, on this end of the monitor. Okay, yeah, here, you go. here we go. This is a story that's amazed a lot of folks, myself included. 16 felony charges CNN, dropped against the actor Jesse Smollett in an interview with the prosecutor, raising even more questions and confusion this morning. Do you think Mr. Smollett did what he was charged with doing? Yes, we stand behind the CPD's investigation in this case. The great. I just, I just thought it was interesting because you note the difference in the way the answers come. So Kim Fox is like, well... This office, he hasn't been tried in court. There was an alternative prosecution. This office kind of thinks, believes, maybe, not sure. And then cut to this guy, the prosecutor who dropped the charges. Work, the tremendous work that they did in investigating this case. This is the first assessment. No. (laughs) (laughs) That's the way to answer. That's the way to answer. The first one, do you think Jussie Smollett is innocent? Well, this office believes that there was certain evidence compounded by the alternative prosecution and we didn't decide to go to court. We, you know, this this office believes. They asked the other guy, the assistant, do you believe Jussie Smollett is innocent? No. <laughs> Done. Done. I'm going to try and load this page one more time. I really wish I could show you this video. Damn. No, oh, well, you can't always get what you want. Chicago, maybe the problem here is, you know, it hasn't been a good week for the Chicago police, has it? Hasn't been a good week. Jussie Spillett gets off the hook. Next thing you know, they're raiding children's birthday parties. Chicago police raided the wrong home during a child's birthday party lawsuit. Chicago, Illinois. A civil rights lawsuit claims that Chicago police raided the wrong house during a four-year-old's birthday party. Maybe there was people in red hats in there. Was Subway being served for these children? The people demand answers. A Chicago family alleges that 17 officers executed a search warrant on their home on February 10, smashing the child's birthday cake. (laughs) Sorry. I shouldn't laugh, but can you just imagine it? (laughs) With their little party hats on. And you know the you know those little whistle things all the kids have. <laughs> In come the cops. At first, the children would have thought it was part of the festivities. You know, yay! Kids love cops. Kids love cops. They want to hear the sirens going. They want to ride in the police car. <laughs> Seventeen cops storm in the house. All the little kids wearing their little party hats playing with their little toys. Next thing you know, the cop runs up and smashes the butt of his rifle into the birthday cake, smash it all over the floor, tear up the apartment. (laughs) What, what? What exactly were they hoping to find in the birthday cake? I found him. Here he is. He was hiding beneath the icing, sir. Officers also pointed guns at the boy, Terrence Jackson Jr., and his seven-year-old sister, the family said. The mother's, the children's mother says her daughter is now fearful of police. I I can't see why that would be a problem. The search warrant was for a suspect who had not lived there for five years. No one was arrested or charged. 
None of the contraband items listed in the warrant were found, the family's attorney said. The lawsuit was filed Tuesday in federal court. A city spokesman declined to comment. Well, he, the city spokesman were very happy to comment on Jussie Smollett, weren't they? They were very... Rahm Emanuel was on TV. Big Rahm. The Rahm bull. Couldn't wait to get his get his mug on TV on the news for that soundbite. When the cops are raiding children's birthday parties and smashing the cake, all of, a, all of a sudden nobody wants to comment. What's going on? I thought we love interacting with the community. What the hell happened here, guys? That's bad intel. You're not wrong. Five years later. <laughs> Five-year-old. Don't worry. If you thought it was crazy that Jussie Smollett should be let off the hook, I've got news for you. It wasn't crazy at all. Mistrial declared in case where a defendant thought the victim was a werewolf. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, if Jussie Smollett was really trying to accelerate his career prospects, he really should have got some special effects involved. If he said he was an if he said he was an attacked by an uh, by a werewolf, now all of a sudden you've got a script. Now all of a sudden you're making money. You're you're part of the movers and shakers. Jussie, Jussie, were you attacked by white racists wearing red hats? No, no, I was attacked by a mythical creature, a werewolf to be exact. Kind of looked like, what was the name of that guy? Fox, <laughs> you know the guy with Parkinson's disease. Must be terrible having Parkinson's disease when you're a werewolf. Very difficult to get that bite right on the jugular. A jury has deadlocked and a mistrial has been declared in Northern Virginia, a murder case in which the defendant said he thought his victim was a werewolf. WRC-TV in Washington reports that the judge dismissed the jurors Wednesday after three days of deliberations in Alexandria Court in the trial of 35... God, I'm having a shocker this morning. Everything's going bad. I don't even know. My sincerest apologies. I was attacked by Teen Wolf, exactly. Michael J. Fox. Three days of deliberations in Alexandria Circuit Court in the trial of 34-year-old Pankaj... Pankaj Bashin... Basson, sorry, sorry, Pankaj. Let's call, let's call him the wolf, the Wolfman. He was Wolfman was charged with the murder in July 13 in the July 13 death of 65 year old Bradford Jackson, who managed a window store in the old town Alexandria. His neck was broken and he was stabbed more than 50 times with a box cutter. Prosecutors and defense attorneys agreed Basin was mentally ill but prosecutors disputed that Basin was legally insane. <clears throat> no, he thought the guy was a werewolf. He might have some mental issues, but I don't think he's crazy. I mean, there's werewolves walking around all over this fucking town. Basin's lawyers said their client was suffering delusions after checking out of a mental hospital near his home in New Jersey. New Jersey, he got all the way down to Virginia. So there you go. If, if you thought it was strange that Jussie Smollett should be allowed to walk free, then you can have a mistrial in a court case where the person who killed somebody else declares that the person that they killed was a werewolf and they still can't get it right. No silver bullet. Well said.
this I thought was fantastic. In honor of the children being scared by the police at a birthday party. This is dumb, but fantastic. Melted Easter bunnies create horror show display at Aldi. <laughs> Look at the bunnies. <laughs> Again, I just picture, you know, happy children walking in, looking at all of the wonderful, delicious chocolate, and then seeing this, this bunny of death. <laughs> Giant chocolate rabbits have been melting on the shelves into Dali, into a Dali-esque nightmare creature, and suddenly we're fine with giving up our sweets for Lent. There he is. Melting through the box, into the box below. The £3.99 bunnies were pictured on sale by the entrance to Aldi in Cowers, Isle of Wight. They were snapped by Huxley Magic, who describes himself as an award-winning magician living on the island. I don't know. If you if you describe yourself as an award-winning magician living on the island, I don't know. It's I think it's Isle of Wight's a really small island, by the way. Who is handing out the magician's awards on the Isle of Wight? You know, you know what I mean. I love that he described himself as an award-winning magician. By the way, I'm an I'm an award-winning magician. You know, really, really. Thanks, Huxley. Thanks for dropping in. Don't call us. We'll call you. He posted on Facebook, hope you are all feeling smiley in the sun, not like the horror show that's going on in Aldi's doorway. <laughs> Again, this is news for some reason, but I thought it was funny. I thought it was funny because of how horrified the children must have been. Still, it beats, um, you know, SWAT teams kicking down your door and smashing your birthday cake at your own party and pointing a gun at you and your seven-year-old sister, I think, just, just nudges it. All right. Have you guys seen this one? Time traveller from 2045 passes lie detector and reveals who'll be president. A man claiming to be a time traveller allegedly passed a lie detector test and made a surprising revelation about who will be the US president in the future. Why didn't any time travellers come back and say that uh, Donald Trump was going to win? Why didn't that happen? Why, why come back now? <laughs> why come back now and tell us what's happening in 2045? Why not come back in, you know, mid-2015? You would have gotten more attention. Only if you were a white guy, though. If you came back as a minority, nobody would believe you. You come back as a white guy and say, Donald Trump's going to win. Then all of a sudden, everybody will pay attention to you. It would help if you were gay, too, by the way. Sorry, Pete. Let's see what this guy's got to say. We've got volume here or what? No volume. Oh, that's interesting. Ah, oh, hang on. It's my fault. He is in the year 29. Let's have a look. The time traveler. See what he's got to say for himself. My name is Adam Archon, and I am a time traveler. Adam Archon claims to be an actual time traveler from the year 2045. Adam was first featured on a video published several months ago in which he told us why he is in the year 2019. We sat down with him in person for the first time and hooked him up to a lie detector to see if he was telling the truth. Here are the results. Watch this and decide for yourself. Hello, I am Adam Archon and I am a time traveler from the year 2045. I have agreed to do a lie detector. Are, are, they, are they changing his voice with some kind of voice modulation software or is this just the way people speak in the future? 
they, the dogs must be very, very calm and relaxed in the year 2045. Hi, my name is Adam Arkon, and I'm from the future. The future. He, he sounds, he speaks like the movie guy. Coming this summer. My name is Coming This Summer, a man from the future, Adam Archon. I hope I hope it's voice modulation software, but then I think, why do we need to protect his identity? Because to him, hasn't this already happened? Hasn't he already done the lie detector test? Haven't we already lived through this? You know what I mean? So surely everybody in the future is going to know who he is because this story now is over 20 years old in 2045. <laughs> in 2045, somebody is sitting at their computer, or well, probably a virtual reality helmet or something by then, reading this story right now. You know, in 2019, Adam Arcon went back from 2045. Did you know that? It wasn't me. It's a lie. I wasn't around then. <laughs> Mother, can I please have another cup of coffee? What are we having for dinner? Sir, would you like some fries with that? Test with Apex TV today to prove to you that I am telling the truth. I okay. need to prove to you that this is true so that you can take the information that I'm giving you and make the world a better place. Right. <laughs> well, again, why does he have to, why do we have to believe him? Why can't we just wait till 2045? And then Adam Arcon comes on the TV. See, I told you so. I really was set back in time. Now you know. Yes, I am a time traveler from the year 2045. He's got a chip in his hand. Yes, I do have an implanted chip in my hand known as the one. I know they're not showing his face, but he looks like a redhead with a bowl cut. So hopefully him coming back in time. I wish we could see his hairdo. Because if we're all going to have to walk around with that kind of hideous hairstyle, then I hope that we all get melted by a nuclear war before 2045, don't you? I don't think it'll be worth living. If we're going to walk around with hideous bowl cuts. And talk like this. <laughs> Can't get over the voice. You see, when a chip is put into your hand, like it was in my case, or any part of the body, which in other cases can be, since it is a foreign object, my body was slightly rejecting it, so my hand was getting swollen. Luckily, as you can see now, the swelling has completely gone down, and everything is basically normal. Do aliens really land in 2028? Yes, it is true that aliens did land on Earth in August 2028. In fact, we have known of the existence of aliens before 2028, but it isn't until 2028 that it becomes public knowledge. Yes, it is true that time travel was released to the public in 2028, but it was invented in 1981. It was just kept secret until they released it publicly. Yes, Yolanda Renee King does become, and she is in fact noted as the greatest president of the United States. 
Oh, come on. Greatest president of the United States. She's like nine years old. Where do the aliens come from? Yes, I can confirm that aliens do not come from space, but I cannot elaborate on where they come from because of the possibility of a paradox. Oh, fuck. Cop out. Come on. Come on, mate. Yes, I can confirm that aliens do come land in the future, but I cannot tell you where they come from because of a paradox. What about you sitting in this fucking chair? What does that do for the future? (laughs) I can tell you everything except where the aliens come from. If I mention that, our world is going to explode. (laughs) Like I said, this has already happened in 2045. So why wouldn't somebody else come back, you know, a day before Adam Arkan goes back in time to 2019 and, you know, as soon as he as soon as soon he jumps out of the time machine, put a bullet in his head or something. Paradox averted. There is no more paradox. The future, the future is safe once more. Yes. Was that a mustache in the blurry face? Asks Keywizard. I'm not sure. Could be. Could be. Fashion in the future. In 2030, all of the world's countries converge into one super nation. Within the nation, seven districts are formed. In fact, the United States becomes a state in District 3. Yes, the districts are formed and resembled as the continents once were. Yes, there in fact is an AI that governs the entire world and 10 people that monitor its decisions. The 10 people mainly monitor the AI's programming and check its morality to see if its decisions are best suited for the people. There you go. Something to look forward to, ladies and gentlemen. In 2028, Aliens Land, we can't tell you where they come from though. In 2030, all of the nations of the world are converged into one super nation where the United States itself becomes a state of District 3, District 3 being one district of seven. Uh, The President of the United States is Yolanda King Jr. There she is there, the young lady, who will be about 30-something at the time, 36, 37 years old, 36 years old in 2045, and if that wasn't enticing enough for you, my future time travellers, in the future, people will walk around with hideous bowl haircuts and speak like robots with chips in their hands. What's happening to District 9? There is no District 9, my friend. We only go up to District 7. That's all you get. That's all you get. Should be fantastic. I'm looking forward to it, aren't you? Ladies and gentlemen, the time traveler. But he already knew we were going to do this. Got one more thing for you here before we go. This was on Vice. Came out, I don't know, a few days ago. Conservatives and progressives debate feminism, Me Too, and Donald Trump. You just know it's going to be good, don't you? You know it's going to be good. Settle in. For me, I can't think of the Me Too movement and not have to face the fact that I have to look at Trump and he said the grab the pussy thing. Like, I cannot get over that. <laughs> can, can, you, can you guess who the progressive is? Just, can you just put that out there. 
He said the grab the pussy thing, and I just can't get over it. I, I think we found a progressive. I cannot get over. Trump how- said that in privacy. That doesn't make it okay. That doesn't make it better. Ladies and gentlemen, feminists now in favour of Big Brother. Just because you say something in private doesn't mean it's okay. God. (laughs) What we should be doing is policing with moral outrage uh, people's personal private conversations as well. Hey, hey, if, if we have to go behind somebody's back and record our private conversations with them in order to get something revealing on tape like, say slutty women who throw themselves at rich, powerful men. You know, that obvious reality. And if we can put that out to the universe, then we are doing the universe, we are doing the world of politics a tremendous service. No, no. Can we get some danger real quick? Yeah. Vice invited conservative progressive women to discuss the current state of feminism in America. All right, so um, by a show of hands, who here identifies as a feminist? Okay, cool. Simon? Um, I don't consider myself a feminist. <laughs> look at this. Did you see the look? <laughs> the, the girl in the middle obviously obviously put a hand up when asked if she was a feminist or not. Just look at the just look at the total disdain she has for the woman sitting next to her who isn't a, who didn't identify as a feminist. As, as a feminist. Look at this. Look at this slow oh, turn. Cool. Simon? Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the kind of look that you know a really really rich person gives to a street beggar when they come up and ask them for change. <sighs> Pardon. Consider myself a feminist. Just the modern day feminist movement. I don't agree with it. It depends, like what you define a feminist. If we're talking about like equal rights, then of course, I don't think there's a single person who would not want equal rights between the sexes. But if we're talking about feminism today, where it's become so radicalized, then I don't want to be associated with that movement. So I am a pro-life feminist, which I guess is um, something that has to be said these days since it's become so synonymous with abortion rights. Uh, but I'm... Why, you, you don't have to say you're a pro-life feminist. We can read what it says on your shirt, darling. Bad feminist. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a pro-life feminist, which is something that has to be said these days. So why are you wearing a shirt? Bad feminist. It pretty much explains it all, doesn't it? <laughs> the other feminists would look at the pro-life feminist as a bad feminist. So I'm making the job easy for them and identifying myself through attire. I'm a feminist because I believe in equality for women and that uh, through our rights and liberations, we have a job to stand up for the weaker bad feminist, and bad more vulnerable feminist. and more marginalized, which also includes unborn Be women. Be the Earth women. Reporter. Thanks yes, for joining us. I actually struggle with identifying as a feminist um, for a lot of different reasons. And when I think about when I my intersecting identities as it pertains to being black, as it pertains to being also trans, as it pertains... <sighs> it's a handful. I don't blame her, though. You know what? I find it hard to identify as a feminist because I'm trans. It's like, okay. Okay. Intersectionality. I'm also black. Oh, oh God. God. How how awful. How terribly confusing it must be. Tains to this movement 
it, I struggle with saying, oh, I'm a feminist, but also support women's rights at the same time. I wouldn't identify as a modern feminist because I don't really feel any affinity for third wave feminism in any way, shape or form, but I support you know, social and legal equality for men and women. And so I think that if, you know, I think the term feminism has been co-opted by the left in some pernicious ways. Do you feel that women still need to fight for equality? Yes. 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 No. Mm -hmm. Why? Just look at the GOP. I mean, where's the representation? I think that's... <laughs> Just look at the GOP. <clears throat> Do you think women still need to fight for equality? Yes. Look at the GOP. Here's a better idea. How about we have two political parties, one the, the women's party and one the men's party, and then we'll see how many men vote for the women's party and how many women vote for the men's party. I love this bullshit. Like, like they're, they're, by pointing to um, you know a perceived lack of female co candidates as some kind of you know struggle for equal rights, when the the way people get elected is through voting. So are, are we now decide, are we are we saying that the majority of the population is female, right? But females are not voting for other females, therefore sexism? How does that work? Right? Because one way or another, is, I mean, unless we take, you know, the democratic system out of out of the loop entirely and we'll just start appointing women to for Congress, maybe that's the way we need to go. You know, there needs to be more women on Capitol Hill, but people aren't voting for women, sir. Well, get rid of the voting then. <laughs> Fuck the voting. Get rid of it. These idiots don't even know what they're voting for half the time. Let's just start installing women. Then we can have true representational equality. <laughs> we need to remove the voting aspect from the election process. That way we can have true representational equality, ladies and gentlemen. The thing coming and from other. Texas, being surrounded by a lot of conservatives and knowing representation is important, knowing that yep. people don't know what they don't know. And if there's not uh, a female voice there or a woman of color or a trans person to bring these issues up to the table, it's not going to get dealt with. Ariel, just raise her hand. So I just want people don't know what they don't know. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you'll be pleased to know women, people of color and trans individuals are. They are the holders of sacred knowledge that the rest of us could only dream of possessing. You indeed must have to tick a certain identity box in order to be, you get a secret handbook. This is what I've been led to believe. So if you're a trans woman and a person of color and a feminist, when you get to a certain age, there's like a secret handshake. You get to meet somebody under a bridge somewhere and they hand you the secret book of secret knowledge because people don't know what they don't know, but now you know. And now you need to make your way to the capital. You need to get elected. Don't worry about that. We'll appoint you. And then you can tell everybody else about all of these issues. Things like feelings, very important. Empathy, privilege, privilege. Actually, isn't it funny that, you know, you need to be a trans person in order to speak about issues pertaining to trans people. You need to be a woman in order to understand women in politics but apparently when it comes to white privilege, if you're a white person, then you're the last person we should talk to. <laughs> everybody else everybody else knows more about white privilege than the white people do. <laughs> it's, like, it's like we're getting ripped off over here. 
Hang on, hang on. I thought a certain identity gives you a certain amount of knowledge about a certain thing that only that particular identity class can know. Why why aren't I allowed to talk about my privilege all of a sudden? What what the hell's going on here? You're also a man, so you're the last person we need to talk about, you know, masculinity. The only people who should be giving, you know, lectures about masculinity are the females. But preferably females of colour. Ones that don't have privilege. I got her take on this Yeah, as well. I was going to say that even though there was like this revival, you know, there was this awakening on the Democrat side in terms of having more women, I wouldn't say that any, a lot of the women on in, with, that came into the Democratic Party or were representing the Democrats were not women that I felt like I could really connect with. By a show of hands, who here voted for Trump? I don't publicize my votes, actually. I just... <laughs> oh, pardon me, Your Highness. <laughs> I don't care if she is conservative or not. I love that. I love the uh, the black chick on the other side of the of the panel. She sticks her hand right up, sticks her tongue out. I voted for Trump, motherfucker. You know. But this this one with all bathed in her white privilege. Oh, actually, I don't publicize my votes. Thank you very much. It's like, well, what the fuck are you doing on the show then? <laughs> you you know that that you were going to be asked about Donald Trump. <laughs> Would you like to participate in a panel show about who you voted for? Yes. Who did you vote for? Not telling. Not telling. None of your business. <laughs> Do I still get paid? Do I still get my check? Who's paying for my cab fare home? By a show of hands, who here voted for Trump? I don't publicize my votes, actually. I just really did not like um, Hillary Clinton. You know, I actually um, also did a lot of... Um, community work for Bernie Sanders as well. And I, I, I don't know, I was in this, I literally sat in the voting I am for like, I am. I, it was a long time. I honestly didn't even think he was going to win. So part of it was a kind of a joke. But but again, I... I Look at the one behind again, her. I, I don't know. Look at the... <laughs> Look at the one behind her who still can't get over Donald Trump's grabbing pussy comment. Can't get over it. Look at that. <laughs> If you, if you wanted a snapshot about uh, how tolerant progressives are, even with their fellow females, their fellow vagina holders, then there it is. There it is. Look at the tolerance here. Look at the willingness to understand. Look at the faces here on Blondie and the one sitting next to her. Right, we're just really trying to understand this person's perspective. <laughs> Well, I want to speak to the privilege that that holds ah. for that election to be a joke for you. Yeah. Right? Well, like, it wasn't really a joke. I was like, you, you know. You just said it. Well, let me. Let me. <laughs> you must be privileged if you thought the election was a bit of a joke. If voting for Donald Trump was a bit of a joke. Well, the joke's on you because you're the cunt crying. Sorry. Sorry, babe. You're the ones crying. So the joke's on you. And long may the joke continue. And I hope millions of other people vote for the joke to continue in two years' time. And may you roll your eyes and cry yourself to sleep every single night for the sexist, evil, orange bastard in the White House. Bemoaning the lack of diversity. Bemoaning the privilege. Hey, I found a great candidate for you. Tell us about him. Well, he's a military veteran, Rhodes Scholar, mayor of a local town. He's gay. Sounds great. Is he white? Yeah. 
Sorry. Sorry. It's a bit, what, do you think this is some kind of a joke? Do you? No joke. No joke. That's it. That's all I got for you. Short and sweet. It was a terrible show. I hope you'll be back where hopefully it'll get a little bit better. <laughs> Probably won't. It was an absolutely awful performance today. But thank you for joining us nonetheless. Few of you as you are. Wish I had more time, but unfortunately I don't. I've got to run. I've got to get moving. I've got to keep on moving. So let me just say, uh, tomorrow night, James R. and Chris Mack, if you don't follow, you'll have a lot of fun. Follow Chris Mack, Chris MC 44, 11.30 tomorrow night, Pirate Radio. I'll be back with James on Sunday night, Trust and Verify. Until then, ladies and gentlemen, have a wonderful weekend. If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you'd like to get in touch with an angry YP poo, YP poo, who came from the future, Archon. Of course, they would send back a white guy. Time traveler privilege is now part of the what the whole the whole schema of racism in 2045. What black people can't travel back in time? It's disgusting. There's race. We also know in the future in 2045 that racism is still rampant because they only sent back a white guy. It's horrifying. So until until then, uh, Pirate Radio Friday night. I'll be back with James on Sunday. We'll do some more podcasts next week. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Till next time, stay calm, stay rational. God bless. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us. to the children celebrating a birthday this weekend. I hope the police don't show up. It's nearly Easter. Go out and get yourself a, mel- a melted bunny. to the people just coming in. We're just going out. Do you want me to leave the door open for you? We kept the seat warm. Archon disproves AOC 12 years. Yes, very true. Very true. Great point. (laughs) All right. See you next week, guys. Bye-bye.